Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 289 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Trent Krim, the independent. <laughs> yes! I hope that that's your pick of the week. My God, it's been long enough. Woo! He said he had a surprise. He didn't hold any punches back. He I figured, why, why wait? Why just jump to my favorite character of the show? 24 seconds into the goddamn podcast, he's like, I watched Ted Lasso. I hopefully liked it. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. I didn't know you watched it, so that'll be a thing. Phil's dropped a 12 spot in three innings against the Braves. Yeah, so it's- Schwarber, another bomb. Schwarber, Castellanos, Hoskins, Derek Hall with his wife, Ashley Hall. Your first- cousin, huh? First, Derek Hall. His oh. wife's name is Ashley. My, not the same Ashley as my Ashley, but I would hope. Yeah, but uh, yeah, first major league hit was a homer. So looking forward to them blowing a twelve to three lead. It's going to be extremely exciting. All right, everybody. So big episode for you tonight. Episode two eighty nine. Uh, we got our picks of the week. We got trivia. Thirteen and a half for me. Thirteen for Sam. I'm warning him now. It's going to be a tough question. I was stumped. I came up with something, and even I was like, this is really I difficult. give you an alley-oop, and he <laughs> gives me rump roast. I'm, I'm serving up flaming yawn. It's uh, going to be tough. I mean, listen, you're going to have a 1 in 12 chance, and then if you want answers, a 1 in 4, but it's not easy. I'm giving you grass fag. You're giving me, like, horse manure. That's it. Uh, in gaming, Sam will take over. We're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct that happened, except... It was a mini, and it was a partner showcase. We're going to talk about that. Robin got a gameplay trailer. We're talking about Gotham Knights, of course. Comes out October 25th. Our top three for the week is going to be our top three favorite playable characters for TMNT Shredder's Revenge. We have both played with every character. We've both played online. We've both done all the trimmings so we can finally talk at length who we really loved playing as. Looking forward to that. There were seven options, so we have plenty Plenty, plenty to go over. Uh, Halo Infinite, it's getting a big update. We'll talk about that. And some reminders about some games that are out right now before we go to TV, where we talk Harley Quinn, True Detective, and movies, Madame Web, Ghostbusters, Clerks, Godzilla Kong, uh, and then in music, our friends in Cartel, before Sam brings us home with his weekly WADA, which he sent to me early, so I know it. <laughs> I wanted to send it to you because I'm going to be uh, down the shore tomorrow morning, so I wanted to make sure I, I send it before I forgot. Well, let's talk <laughs> and start where we customarily do with our picks of the week. So I saw a movie. I'm just kidding. It is Ted Lasso. I, I, I finally started my PS5, our free Apple um, TV Plus. Yeah, I think it's six months. Mo- six, six months. I think it's six Th- months free. It's three now. They It was six. They downed it to three. Maybe it's I, six on PS5. I, yeah, I think mine said six, so I think I'm good for six. Um, I started For All Mankind. I'm not going to lie. It's it, The first two were a little slow. Two. So two is my least favorite episode yeah. of the entire yeah. series. I thought it drags. Yeah. It's it terrible. Was. Get I, to six. If you get yeah. to six, you're in for your nuts in your throat. And then from then on, the whole series is great. But Pete was right, and I just rewatched it. Those first five can be can be rough. Yeah. It, like I, I was at the point where I almost like, did I make a mistake? <laughs> you know, like, like, like that's where I was at. Now. Like one, I was like, okay, I enjoyed. Two, I was like, ooh. 
I texted you though. I did text you and I warned you of that. I said I'm rewatching and two sucks. I mean, it's a ton yeah. of character build, but almost no character was. But are built. Ho- hopefully, I'll come back with better news when I catch up because obviously now I'm gonna you know I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch. Oh, C, three, I'm actually, watch things. three is actually really good. It's if it's the women at work one, three is really good. So yeah, um, you're gonna be introduced to a bunch of really great central characters in episode three. So I'm definitely excited for that. But let me hear about Ted Lasso. Yeah, so again, you know, it's it's definitely like it's one of them shows where it, it was so hyped. So it's like I don't know if it met that bar just because of how high everyone talked about. It. So I had it on this pedestal. It it is it is still a good show. Obviously, it's my pick of the week. But I I think this is going to be a show that if I went back and rewatched the first two seasons, I think I would like the show probably five times better. I I just, you know, the first season I feel like it took a couple episodes to get its footing. And it wow. really, fa- it really found it in in the second season. The second season, I felt like they were firing on all cylinders. The first, wow. season, the first season, I did like, but for I, I guess it, it maybe it just took me, um, just to I guess a couple. Sometimes it just takes me a few episodes of a show to get into it. But if I went back and rewatched it, I guarantee it, I would love it more because I always enjoy things on. Like I always say, the second watch for me is the best. Yes, it took me to the second watch through of season one to put it over Queen's Gambit for my show of the year in 2020. I mean, it was that good upon second watch. It is so much funny. Ted Lasso is the type of show where a lot of the things that are funny about it are either the looks that he gives that Jason Sudeikis gives or like the funny little tiny things he says under his breath or very quickly at the end. So like you really got to be paying hard attention to it. But when you're expecting it the second time through, and you kind of know the plot already. You can just sit back and enjoy the jokes. Yeah. They hit. Now, I had last week said that the number three show that I would want a spinoff for is Roy Kent. Now yeah. that you've seen the show and you know about Roy Kent. No, I, I I knew it last week. When you said Roy Kent, I just stayed quiet and played stupid and like, act mm. like I didn't know. Like, so I do. I Again, and I totally agree. Sec- I think it's where the second season, I feel like it found its footing. Roy Kent, I felt there's, it made more sense kind of in this role. I like uh, Jamie Tart. I I think he's hilarious. I'm always laughing his stupid ass. Even even Re- Rebecca Welton, the you know the AFC owner. I think she's great. The the cast Juno Temple is Keeley. It's again my my boy. I I don't know. I freak he's Trent Krim, James Lance. I think he's absolutely hilarious. I loved his back and forth with Sudeikis. I thought they yeah. had great chemistry. I'm a little sad that you know the ending of season two. I'm, not, I'm trying not to leave spoilers of of Trent Krim, but I, I, I hope some, somehow we, we, he finds a way back just cause I, I loved his, he was like my favorite minor character in the whole show. Yeah. Uh, good. I actually feel the opposite way. I feel season one found its footing immediately, sucked me in immediately. Uh, didn't want to leave season one behind. And I thought season two was the weaker of the two seasons from like overall from, uh, my favorite character is Roy is Roy Kent. And from his perspective, it's it nails it. The second season is better than the first because it it just completely goes over the top with his arc. But like I thought Ted Lasso as a character took a step backwards in season two. And I struggle with a lot of those mental illness things. But like, yeah, and, and I was going to say that's season two. It was, you know, he definitely had his moments where it was, you know, it, it's one of them shows where it's got a bit of everything. you got the heart. You have the stupid comedy, you know, the drama. You're laughing. Um, what do you like, think of Nate? What do you think of Nate the Great? 
Nate the Great, he he pissed me off in season two. Obviously, like he, he <laughs> obviously he, he, yeah. He went from a character that you were like you kind of like like this little stupid nerd, and then you're like you piece of shit. Like <laughs> you know, like like his character arc, it, like his whole yeah. little journey. Like I, I, I'm kind of like yo, dude, you little. I'm like he's like blowing a big deal like you were like a nobody then he came and kind of like put you on the map and then you were kind of just like not i guess ungrateful but i don't know but i i i I don't know one of my favorite minor characters in that show is higgins i think like his reactions to just being shit on are so funny he's got his office and it's just a closet and like he acts (laughs) like it's such a big deal i just love he's funny that he has his moments though you know like his moments where you're like ah you you know you you sneak one in there every now and again hannah waddingham who plays rebecca she was the shame nun from game of thrones if you didn't know that she was the the street says shame shame that's her I, i didn't put that together the only one that i actually know was juno temple yeah she's in um uh she was in in year one you know you might if black mass but the one where i think everyone should know is killer joe fantastic movie with matthew mcconaughey highly recommend that one that that is a must watch movie she was in um palmer which was my pick of the week last year it was like number i think 11 or 9 on my movie list i can't remember where i put it but it was up there it was an apple it's on apple tv plus actually exclusively believe it or not she's a really good actress um, and it, like I'm just I'm just looking over here. It's you know first season ninety two percent, second season ninety seven percent. So it's good to see that it's not just me. I felt like, you know the first season was good. I just yeah. felt like the, the second season. I don't know. Maybe the first I hated season, the I was, coach. I hated the coach beard episode of season two. I think it was episode nine. I think that like single handedly drug my enjoyment down. Plus the way season two opens with uh, football is life and a dog, and I just felt like that was like a bummer. And then there's the big funeral episode. There's just like so much different. It's never a soccer show. It's not a show about soccer. It's a character building show. It's a, it's like a human story. But like when they brought a lot of that in, I was like, oh, focusing on things that I personally don't have much interest in, but still, it doesn't mean a, a, a good season of Ted Lasso is a great season of a lot of other shows. So I'm, I'm completely happy with it. And I think I'm due for a rewatch. I only watched it through once. So I think I'm due for a rewatch of season two. I've seen season one four times. So like, yeah, I you know I'm kind of addicted to that season. It's uh, supreme in my opinion. But yeah, and I'm, I, I'm I, loving that you watched it. Yeah, and I again I, I know if and when I do go back to second watch, I I just know the first jokes that maybe again you know, I'm watching after work. I'm tired. Maybe you know some episodes. Maybe I just miss some stuff. But you know I, I think I'll definitely enjoy it. But yeah. I, I'm I'm definitely glad I watched it again. I, I think you know just hear all the hype. You're just you. I'm just expecting gold, and you know what I mean. You're just, but yeah. you know I don't know. Once I got into it, got the characters, I understood it. So yeah. if you had was it, a- Apple TV Plus, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's only 22 episodes. They're you know what 29 to like 40 some minutes. Like it, it's short and sweet. Like it's nothing too crazy long. And I like Jason Sudeikis. Like I get his comedy. I think it's great. His his stash is fantastic. <laughs> Definitely. Check yeah, it, out. it you know, there's prehistoric planet, which is a really good like fake documentary series. It's like, what if dinosaurs like, it's a really good like if dinosaurs were still around, what it's it's really good. Severance is really highly rated. Um, I still haven't watched that. I watched episode one. I didn't get back to it. Mythic Quest is a, the video game development show with like Rob McElhaney and all that. OK, um, Dickinson is uh, Emily Dickinson, but she raps. It's Haley Steinfeld. You have Finch, which is the Tom Hanks movie. 
Foundation, C. Um, there's a really good um, comedy. It's called Trying. It's two people that are trying to get pregnant, but they end up trying to adopt a, a baby instead. It's a really good comedy. I would recommend. There's uh, For All Mankind, obviously, The Morning Show, but only season one. Season two blows chunks. Please don't watch season two. If you I, liked... I won't even watch one. Fuck that. If you like The Newsroom, though, you'd love The Morning Show. Really, really good. So there's that. Just a couple of different things. And uh, so Apple TV Plus just crushes so many streams. It's such an underrated service. And thank you for starting For All Mankind. I'm extremely excited for you to get to like... Like I said, episode three is good. But once you get to six and your balls just go in your throat... And then it stays there. Season three has been phenomenal. The first three episodes have been phenomenal. Cannot wait for episode four tomorrow. So, or today, I should say for everybody out there. But my pick of the week is very topical. I was like really struggling for a while there to find some picks of the week. And uh, uh, the kid's back because I finally have started to get a little bit of a backlog going. I finally started to watch a few more things, play a few more things, um, uh, listen to a few more things. But I got to go with something that's extremely topical because if I don't do it this week, I can't do it at all. Uh, it is so nice to have summer games done quick back in person and to have that live speed running event where even though it is socially distanced and you can tell the crowd is only about half the size, it is so nice when something hype happens to just have people in the room with the runner in the room in front of an audience and just to have those moments back. And the marathon has been very, very good so far. I won't go through every run, but just some highlights of some runs that I really thought were great. The 250,000 point Pokemon Snap N64 run on day one. It was done in just over a half hour. 250,000 wow. points is 100,000 more points than when you 100% the game. As a matter of fact, I just 100% of the game today and i got 165,000 points all 63 pokemon all the photos everything done credits rolled he got 100,000 more points than me i did it in four hours he did it in 30 minutes so like the accuracy the precision of the snapshots were just awesome to watch so i love that crash bandicoot 2 100 percent was great to watch uh blaster master ninja gaiden was fantastic um there was a mega man block that was really good I will say, though, my favorite run of the marathon is a game I didn't even know existed and just happened to be watching live. I've watched a little bit live, mostly like late at night, but I've been I watched it live today and it's called Thunder in Paradise. Do you remember this show in the 90s? Thunder in Paradise. It's not ringing a bell. Hulk Hogan, Chris Lemon, Jack Lemon's son. Uh, the guy from Step by Step or Full House, I can't remember, T- TJ from Step by Step, I think it is. He's like a main character. It's about a sentient boat that talks that like <laughs> that tells them how to defeat criminals. They turned it into a Philips CDI interactive game where it's a 35 minute episode where you're playing part of the episode and it is the funniest shit how you can speed run a basically an FMV, a, mo- a movie, and like how wild it was. And the commentary was fucking hilarious. And the one-liners, because it's such 90s cheese, was so funny. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching, and they're giving Hulk Hogan facts. And it's just this really great time watching this hilarious speed run. And then all of a sudden, I hear, 
and X amount of dollars from Mr. Santos. And I'm like, Ooh. wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that, is that my boy? Is that Alan? Cause nobody else. I no speedrunner I know goes by Mr. Santos. So I texted him. I said, did you do what I think you just did? He said, yeah, that was me. <laughs> so that was pretty That's cool awesome. that he got a, a donation read during that. But like, if you're looking for a wacky speed run that you just never knew you needed, Thunder in Paradise is so good. So I'm really, really looking forward to the weekend. If you hear this episode on Friday or Saturday when this is released, there's still time left in the marathon. GamesDoneQuick.com, Twitch.tv slash GamesDoneQuick. I'm super hyped for Friday. If you're listening to this when we drop it, at around 2 o'clock Eastern time in the afternoon, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, which is only a year less than a year old, is getting run any percent glitchless no glitches and if uh that gets taken care of then they'll run it back with any percent where you can beat the game in like 15 minutes with all the glitches that they have so looking forward to those runs um and then also metroid dread is making its uh gdq debut on saturday night seven o'clock uh any percent no major glitches in an hour 20 so like please 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 if you're looking to get into speed running there's no better time than gdq because there's a game for everyone check it out all the money goes to charity they're already well over a million dollars donated Love that. doctors without borders summer games done quick it's so good to have you back all right so uh trivia 13.5 for me 13 for you i gave you the hard question i'm gonna get it out of the way i'm gonna give it to you first like i said you have a one in 12 chance without answers one in four with the first Nintendo Direct was in 2011. What month? What month? Do I just go for it? You got 12, 1 12. Let's go July. No. No, no. Mm. October. Hmm. July would be right after E3, so and they were doing press conferences back then, so that that would be like a lot. But the first direct was like six minutes, and it sucked nuts. It was like five and a half minutes of Reggie being like, "I work for Nintendo, and we have games." What we really—I mean, I, I, pro- I probably should have taken the answers, but I was like, you know what, screw it. July was not a choice, though. So if you had your gut on July, it would have been February, May, August, or October. Uh, but yeah, October 2011 was the first ever Nintendo Direct. All right. Well, my question is out of nowhere. A little Ghostbusters question. No, I will have almost zero idea. I guarantee it. What sugary treat does Egon use to explain the levels of psychokinetic energy in New York? Marshmallows, right? Is this Stay Puft Marshmallow Man or something? Or like, like a high sea slime? Then they have like a drink? I don't know, man. I'm going to need those answers. I honestly have no clue. Okay. You have A, Twinkie. B, Snickers. Okay. C, Apple Pie. D, Three Musketeers. Well, you went candies and then pie. I feel like the pie is like the outlier. And like you made the other three up. Or you read this question somewhere and those choices were like done for you. Boy, be just because it's not the candy, I'm going to go with apple pie. Apple pie is incorrect. I actually made the changes to apple pie myself, so <laughs> that makes me feel good. It was a Twinkie. Yeah. All right. So, that would have been my guess. If you, 
If you didn't say apple pie, Twinkie was where I was gonna go. I just don't know Ghost. Okay, because okay, before apple pie, it it was pop tart, which I had I changed it to a pop tart, and then literally right before we started, I changed it to apple pie. All right, well, it's still thirteen point <clears throat> five for me, thirteen point or thirteen for you. I have a point five lead in our race to eleven, win by two. And I'll take it over in gaming. And you mentioned it up front, we had Nintendo's Direct, the mini partner showcase. And let's do the recap. Yeah, back in 2020, they introduced these partner showcases, which they didn't want to show anything first party. So, the, And they had to appease their third party partners uh, for things that were still coming out. So they had to do these like seven to 10 minute bullshit partner mini things where like WWE Battlegrounds was shown and like, uh, God, I'm trying to think of the other horrible, horrible wastes of time. I mean, you did have technically Monster Hunter Rise was announced and that was like, oh, my God. But um, really, at the end of the day, they're just a waste of time. And so there is no E3 this year. So there was no big new June Direct and there's no this, there's no that. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And then rumors come and rumors come. And Alana Pierce says June 29th, the next Nintendo Direct. And we're like, all right, fantastic. But then the 24th comes that Friday before and Tom Henderson credible leaker and other and insider i'll say and others vgc even picked it up said this is not going to be a main direct we're going to get a third party partner showcase be ready for it and like be ready for your disappointment and i'm like no way no chance they got no chance that's what you got and i'm like pissed and i even said it i'll be very disappointed if this is the case well the 28th comes and there it is a mini partner showcase, but 25 minutes long. So I'm thinking, okay, it's double the amount of the longest one. It's they've, they've shown nothing since February. There's plenty of opportunities out there. There's Goldeneye, there's Banjo, there's other things that they could show that could still steal a show. And at the end of this whole thing, while I will admit there were only one or two or maybe three announcements that spoke to me, and, you know, I'm not super hyped off of it. I only, you know, watched it one time through. I'm not really ready to, like, live off of that direct type. I'm ready for whatever they do show first party in July or whenever they decide to show it. Uh, this was easily the best partner showcase ever. It might have been one of the best minis ever. And, like, just because it wasn't for me doesn't mean I can't be numb to the fact that it was really good. Just like that state of play a couple months ago. That was the best state of play ever, but only Resident Evil spoke to me. You know, there's the only thing that really was like, holy shit. Um, but, you know, this was good. It was good. It was really, really good. It just, there's not a lot there for me. Uh, and the thing that was there for me, which was Mario plus Rabbid Sparks of Hope, um, A, was the release date was leaked the, the day before by Ubisoft themselves. They put it on their own fucking website like idiots. Uh and we got a gameplay showcase the next day. So like, that's where I got most of my meat and potatoes for that game. And the game was shown last year. It wasn't a new announcement. It was just an update on a game I knew was coming. So like in terms of new stuff, I didn't know was coming to switch. There's not really a lot here, but we'll go through it really, really quick. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak got its launch trailer. Near Automata is coming to switch running in like, really good quality I, I don't know how they got that game optimized for switch but the end of yura edition is coming i think it's only 40 bucks so a lot of people that were looking for near you can now play it on the go 
Lorelei and the Laser Eyes from the team that brought you Sayonara Wild Hearts. Super Bomberman R2. The Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection was a new announcement. That's coming next year. A lot of people hyped for that one. Me, I didn't really like the net, uh, Battle Network games. We're getting a Pac-Man World remake from the 3D uh, platformer from the PS1. That's called Pac-Man World Repack. That's coming August 26th. Also coming to PlayStation. I don't know about Xbox. We got a new game called Blanc, which was like a black and white 3D fox and dog type deal. They got to follow each other around the wilderness. It looked really nice, but not something I'm really going to play. Return to Monkey Island got a blowout. Rab- uh, Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Little Noah Scion of Paradise got a shadow drop. Epic Games is bringing Railgrade, which is like a train builder simulator town thing. RPG Time, The Legend of Right looked really neat. It's like a, you're in a notebook and it looked really cool. Sonic Frontiers had its best showing yet, first and foremost. It looked okay on Switch, which is crazy to me how that game's going to run okay on Switch. But like it showed. Um, it actually showed shit. It showed like a. Like these portals you can go through, which we didn't know that they were existing. I forget what they're called. And then it showed like Green Hill Zone and like Metrop. Like it showed things that like the other ones didn't. And it's like, why did you wait until you showed it yeah. five times before you showed something good? No, I, I totally agree. Maybe it, it probably wasn't ready, but they should have waited until it was ready. And then they showed it on the most inferior version of the game there's going to be. <laughs> Like, let me show sense. it to you on that's the 720p Nintendo Switch version. Yeah, that's what makes me think it wasn't ready. So I was like, why not just delay it? But they probably just wanted to get it out there, get it out there in the ether. But regardless, it, it didn't make sense. They still say holiday this year, which is troubling to me because, like, they didn't give it a date yet. It is June. And I'm like, this, I wouldn't be shocked if this moves to like February. Not a crazy delay, but just enough to polish it up a little bit. Just don't be shocked if it moves to January or February. We got Disney Dreamlight Valley, which is actually a really cool kind of like Stardew Valley farming sim, life sim, but with Disney characters. Like if my girl was older, that's the type of game we play together all day. Uh, Live Alive got a free demo, which was awesome. I downloaded it. I played it. And I've realized that JRPGs outside of Pokemon and Earthbound are just not for me. It looks (laughs) Pokemon or bust. Right. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. The music is phenomenal, and I just don't like turn-based combat where it, when it like incorporates magic and spells. And I just want to click my move and click it and see if it's super effective. Like I, I'm kind of a simple person when it comes to JRPGs. Uh, Doraemon: Story of Seasons, Minecraft Legends got a second look. Dragon Quest Treasures popped back up for December 9th. The Portal Companion Collection was shadow dropped. Harvestella, another game from fucking Square Enix. Uh, Persona 5 Royal, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 3 Portable are finally coming to the Switch after they are coming to Xbox and PlayStation. Well, they're already on PlayStation, but coming to Xbox confirmed at the Xbox Showcase. Now at the Direct, they ended it with the one big thing. So no GoldenEye, no new Banjo game. Maybe they'll show up at Gamescom for Xbox. That's got to be my guess. At least GoldenEye, because August is Gamescom. Xbox always goes to Gamescom. And August is the anniversary for GoldenEye. Um, so, like, that makes sense. If they're going to bring it out, they'll bring it out around its anniversary. That's all but, I can think. But we're still pissed that it wasn't in 
in that showcase. We wanted we it through, somehow, some way. We went through Summer Game Fest, the Xbox Showcase, the Xbox Extended Showcase, and a third-party Nintendo Direct. Four shows where it could have been there, and I'm 0 for 4. At this point, I'm just like, guys, this is a remake of a 360 game for an N64 game that I'm staring at right now, and that's all I want to do is play it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> one day, bro, I one day. I know it's real. The fucking achievements showed up on Xbox's website. It's a real game, but can we please, please just get it already for the love of Pete? I know there's a lot going on in Russia, um, so maybe they're waiting until that you know continues to calm down. But boy, howdy, am I just like ready to dive back into that yeah. crazy world. So uh, that was it. It was a good show for a lot of people. A lot of people are hyped. Wasn't my favorite show. I'm still waiting for that first party show that Jeff Grubb and team say is coming in July, where we'll find out about more first party. Robin got a Gotham Knights two minute gameplay trailer. Yeah, he like does what Huey does from the boys and teleports, and that's how he's going to get around the city. And he has a staff that he hits people with. Uh, I'm getting less and less pumped on this game the more I see it. What, what did you think? I I liked his. Um his disappearing act more than red hoods, double astroglide jumper or whatever the hell that shit was. Yeah. I mean, I, I could pee and it turned to ice and glide on it and it looks better than yeah. red hoods. <laughs> I mean, Nightwing is still the number one choice and it's not even close, but I would, I would agree. I, like, I, I don't, I don't need to see more. Like I'm, I'm going, I'm playing as Nightwing first, no matter what they show me anyway. So it's like, I, I, you have my money. You're going to have my $75. Just I'm ready. I'm ready for October. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm kind of not there. Like I'm kind of like the more and more and more they show it, the more I'm like just slow down because we got this first look in 2020. And you know what it is, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. These forced ass RPG elements are just killing it for me. When I hit somebody, I, I know you. Can, I think you can turn it off. I don't want to see the hit points thing. I don't want to see the numbers. Like I think they're giving yeah. you the option to turn it off. But why not just make it an Arkham clone? That's what the people want. The last Arkham game was seven years ago, dude. It's not like they keep pumping them out like Assassin's Creed's and you're tired of the formula. We're waiting for a new one. That's all we want. Just give us Arkham with four playable characters instead of Batman. Why do you got to make it more complicated than it needs to be? No, no, you're I, I, absolutely right. I, 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 I have nothing more to add to that. You're right. I guess we're going to jump in our top three since we mm-hmm. both played TMNT Shredder's Revenge now. I'm sure we got quite a few hours in. I beat it. I've, I've beaten think, it three, three or four times. Yeah, I think yeah. three or four. I beat it. I, I played online. I tried to get six. I could only play it for like 40 minutes. and I only ended up at five characters, so I never got to play the full six player mode yet. But I got five and that's close enough. Yeah, and it's I feel like and I would say the more I played, the more I like the character. But I would say. There are times where playing online that when you're playing it, what, six characters at one time, like it was definitely a little bit glitchy in places. Just everyone just trying to use their special, just trying to taunt and use like move. The funny part is the first time I beat the game, I didn't even know about the taunt shit. Yeah, the I taunt beat- thing is annoying. Like you clear a screen, you just taunt and you got your special. It's kind of like they really got to patch that because everyone yeah. does it online. It kind of takes the enjoyment out. So like that's at least for me the first time I beat it. I didn't taunt one time. I, I just didn't. I beat it old school. That's I just I was Donatello. He was the first person I beat it with. And I, I grinded a little bit because, you know, I, I didn't taunt. I didn't know that. I, then I played online. I was like, what's everyone taunting? 
then I kept seeing, I was like, oh, they're getting their special. Oh, I was like, oh, I, I, I told, I, I get it. It's cool. But when everyone's doing it at the same time, like the game couldn't even like, it, it would like glitch out a little bit. There was just too much shit going on. And with everyone charge their special. So hopefully they do rein that back a little bit. But other than that, like it was a blast playing online. Yeah, I did the same thing. I didn't taunt. I did taunt once because I was just like in like the first stage because I was pressing buttons and like just seeing what does what. So yeah. I taunted then and Donatello like pulls out like a Game Boy or a calculator and it was cool. But that was the only time I had really ever used it. Uh, but I agree with you. The uh, the taunt special is just super annoying. Just yeah. super annoying. So my number three is my favorite playable TMNT character is Leonardo. Mm. He was he was the third person I actually beat it with during the game. I just I, I loved his two katanas. I loved his double jump spin move. I just felt like that wrecks everyone in the air. That was like, you know, it, except with Donatello, he always has the advantage with his bow staff. But Leonardo, I felt like was like again. I I, I play with Mikey. I play with Raph. I just I guess I just had maybe practice more. I wasn't as consistent as I was with Leo. And I just had fun. I know he's the leader of the turtles, but just having two katanas, I I had a freaking blast. Yeah, Leo was great to play as for a while, but I think he got a little old for me. He's my favorite turtle. It's not even close, so I tend to gravitate towards him and at least giving him a shot. Um, his his air special was great, or his I should say his air double jump kind of thing, where he's not just hitting it over and over and over, where he does the dive into you a little bit. That was badass. I actually thought his special was the one of the weakest ones in the game, and that kind of took me out of it a little bit from him. But he's he's always going to be my favorite turtle. Don was my favorite turtle, but uh, did Don make my list? We will see. My number three, April O'Neil. Um, she she is, is my least least favorite. Oh, God, she was so much fun to play. She's so fast. She doesn't hit super duper hard, which I loved because it just adds a little bit extra. And uh, I loved her special. I loved like her mechanisms and also like her just like her um, her movement of like dropping the mic and like doing the funny things like that was really cool. I loved her. Uh, I think I already said I loved her special, but um, everything about her character was just so much fun. And I'm really glad they added her and kind of gave her some time to shine because she was she was badass. I, I, I again, I, I love having different you know opinions. It was my least you know one of your favorite. That's freaking yeah. awesome. Raph was my least favorite, just to be on the record. <clears throat> okay, I, I I would probably say it was yeah. I would say Raph is probably my second to last. So I, yeah, my number two, Donatello. He was the first person I beat it with the bow staff, the long reach. He he made I think it was mission three when you when you're fighting that one truck when you're trying to hit it like his bow staff you just have that that range when I was beat you know when I beat it with Raph it took me like an extra try just because of that his little styles like they're, they're you know it, it was a pain in the ass but Donatello definitely one of my favorite turtles the bow staff was a huge advantage beating this game yeah I want to preface my number two and my number one is they could flip flop on any day depends on my like play style and what I feel like playing as that day. Mm-hmm. If I want to go agree. heavy, I could agree. If I want to go heavy, if I want to go just all out <clears throat> and all around and I'll go with my like overall thought, if like gun to my head could only pick one order, my number two would be Casey Jones, mm. um, which I'm assuming is your number one. And he Casey Jones, my, he is my number one. 
Casey yeah, Jones. Casey Jones is so much fun to play as. He's got multiple weapons. He's got an amazing special. He's the unlockable character, so he makes it feel earned when you play as him. Um, I just love his look. I love his his taunt was fun. I, I thought everything about Casey Jones made me love playing the game, which I you know I'm elated to say. What a great unlockable character, and I'm glad you have to unlock him. Um, you don't just get him from the start, and he's well worth it when you do. Yeah, and he's he's the strongest character out of anyone in the game. You said it. His special is great, and like he was like the no brainer second time I'm beating the game. Like he's like, yeah. oh, perfect, I unlock. Like I, I, I actually beat it twice straight through. I was like, all right, beat it once. Okay, Casey, you're up next, and just kept it going. It's, it's a game that hopefully they will do the uh, cross play. Because I would love to be able to, because, you know, Alex has it for Xbox. I'd love to be able to crossplay with you. You have a product for Switch, so I'd love to be able to play. I don't. I only I Xbox. only played it on Game Pass. Only played it on Game Pass. I have not bought the game yet um, with my hard American dollar. It, when it goes on sale for Switch for like 15, 20 bucks, I'll be in. I just don't feel like buying it right now when I can get it for Game Pass. If, if nothing comes to Game Pass this year and like it's really looking bad and I cancel my Game Pass, I'll buy it on a different console. Um, I will say I did the same thing. So I beat it as Donatello first, Casey Jones second, and then my number one third. Um, and it's no brainer, uh, absolute no brainer splinter. And mm. I, I tend to go into fighting games. Uh, I'm sorry, brawlers, beat em ups favoring the heavy. I like the heavy. I like the slower moving and I'm a speedrunner, So you'd think April's my character. because She's moving fast and quick and da da da. But no, I like the heavy. I like max and streets of rage. Uh, you know, that's just how I've always kind of identified was with the slower, heavier hitting character. And so that's what splinter is supposed to be. He, uh, that's what he profiles as from his stats, from his movement speed, from the power that he hits you with that bow staff and, uh, your, his cane, I should say. And, Boy, howdy. I had a, a 198 hit combo in the sewers level uh, with the Rat King, and I lost it. Oh, nice, at the, nice. I lost it at the Rat King before I could get to 200, and I'm still bothered by that, by the way. Still triggered. But those little, uh, what are they called? Mousers, I think they're called, the little robot pinchers. Yeah. They, they, I just racked up, racked up combo against them. Oh, because you can just keep hitting them. If they keep bouncing, you keep going. It doesn't and stop. The, and then they have like the big ones that spit out the little ones. Man, I was just going crazy in that level. And I was like faking out the foot clan with the subway that goes by. I jump on the platform. They'd come down. I'd jump up. They'd get hit by the subway. And I just had more fun playing with Splinter than I did with any other character. And again, Casey Jones is right there. Flip-flop him on any given day. But I prefer to play as the heavy character. I think Splinter had the best special. I think he had a fantastic fantastic um uh uh air special god i couldn't think like not not the double jump no when you actually jump and hit special um you could do three specials you could cartwheel special you could do a normal special or an air special and so i just had the most fun playing him i also beat the rat king the fastest with him because the rat king boss fight just takes a little while because he jumps up onto his perch um but just a what a great game. What a great dose of nostalgia. And just what a great, even though there's only seven, what a great, great playable character list. You almost can't go wrong when Raph is my least favorite and he's so many other people's favorite. It's just, it means good things. 
Yeah, and, and then like the, it was the animation, it was beautiful. Yeah, people complaining it was short, but for the money, I think it it's was a beat em up. Yeah. It's a beat em up. They're all short. Like, get yep. over it. Okay, next up we have Halo Infinite's co op campaign beta drops July 11th. What a well, first of all, finally, but what a great. Uh, they needed uh, this six months ago. Yeah, well, they, they needed it at launch, bro. They needed it a year ago. And it's like, what a great. Uh, uh, breath of fresh air that this game needed, and it's getting it finally. Like it, it, it's crazy that I haven't heard a peep of Halo in six months. Like not and, a word. And the game is going to get a ton, a ton of Game Pass action when this does drop because it's going to launch out to everyone in beta form, and it's just going to breathe new life into it. And people are going to run through it again, co-op. And hell, GDQ just did a run of it. Um, they did Halo Infinite. No machine, like no uh, Gatling gun, so it like takes out the the basically the cheat weapon, and they also did it all missions. So they went nuts, and they did it all in like an hour and a half. It was an unbelievable speed run. You want to talk about grappling hook? Holy shit! But uh, just a really good time for this game to become relevant again because Xbox needs it, bro. They have no oh, first yeah. party on the on the horizon, so this will be a good jolt in the right direction for Halo Infinite. And the last story we have in gaming, just, just just a reminder that both Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak, and the Cuphead DLC are both available right now. Yeah, the Cuphead Delicious Last Course, I think it's like six main bosses and a couple sub-bosses. I was watching uh, some streamers this morning go through it, just kind of in the background while I was working. The Mexican runner, TMR, who's a famous Cuphead world record speedrunner. Um, I always like it when speedrunners do their first playthrough of a new game casually and just as they like work through in their heads as they're trying to play it the right way, how to almost speedrun it and like little things like that. It's always been fascinating to me. So it looked like it was fun, but I've already seen it all. So there's really no reason for me to buy it because I'm just going to get frustrated. Um, So I'm going to leave it to you all to play it. Cuphead, the last uh, the delicious last course, the DLC and monster hunter rise sunbreak, which if you're interested has a free demo on the Nintendo switch eShop. If you were looking to get into monster hunter rise, I believe rise has one and sunbreak has one. So you can go get free demos of those games as well. Uh, we'll transition into television here. Almost exactly 42 minutes into the pod. I love that Harley Quinn season three, got a release date and a trailer July 28th. I mean, Finally, I mean, the season two finale dropped was, almost immediately. Yeah, yeah, it came out really quick. Well, the season two finale was June 26th of 2020. So a little over two years, we're finally getting the third season. Mm. Trailer looks good. It looks like they're, you know, again, when I first started the show, it definitely took me a couple episodes to get adjusted to like the you know, new take on Harley Quinn. But I feel like Haley Cuoco kind of fell into the role of Kite Man and, and Poison Ivy. Everyone's kind of, you know, fell into their role. Alan Tudyk, his clay face is great. Um, for season three, it looks like there's 10 episodes. I see three titles stick out to me. Episode five and six, it's a swamp thing. And six is Joker, the killing vote. But number eight, I think is my favorite title. Batman Begins Forever. So I, I actually, you know, to have the Batman Begins and the, the Forever with Kilmer, I think that's a nice touch. So I, I look forward to that episode. But it, again, this show is definitely a hard R now for the kids, but I, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I've heard good things. So I, uh, you yeah. know. And it's now on HBO Max. 
you know, yeah. shifting over from the uh, DC universe. Yep. True Detective, speaking of HBO, is getting a fourth installment. Uh, do we need a fourth installment? Well, th- um, what's the face? Um, three was amazing. Yeah. So I don't know. So I th- one's still the best, then three, and then two. That's that. That's the rankings of. The, the I would tend to agree with that. Um, I've only I've watched season one twice, season two once, and season three only once. So maybe a three a, a rewatch. Marshala Ali was fantastic. Um, yeah, him and Stephen Dorff, very good. Yeah, yeah. I thought the mystery was really solid there, but uh, it, it's just such a shame from season two. Like I love Vince Vaughn, Taylor Kitt, Rachel McAdams, Colin Farrell. I love everyone involved. It just didn't click. I think. You know, they definitely waited a few, I think it was four years after the first season. I think even the three was like another five, and this one's like another four or five years. So there's definitely a long breaks in between seasons. I I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I like Jodie Foster. I, I'm probably still going to see it because it's. I believe it's still the same writer, and it looks like it's going to take place in Alaska. So I, I'm, I'm probably going to see it, but I'm just like, man, I, I don't know. Maybe they should have stopped after three. I don't know. That's just me. We'll move into movies from there. Emma Roberts has been cast as alongside Dakota Johnson, who was famous for the Fifty Shades of Grey films, and Sydney Sweeney, who I loved years ago in Everything Sucks, but that show got canceled after one season. Now she's famous for her role in Euphoria in the Madame Web series. So you got Emma Roberts, uh, Dakota Johnson, and Sydney Sweeney. That's a pretty stacked cast. Never seen any of the shows and or movies you just said. Um, I, 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 you know, I only know Madam Web from the, you know, the Spider-Man, the animated series. So I'm going on this, like my, my expectations are so low, like just, just be better than fucking Morbius. That's where I'm at in life. You know who Emma Roberts is, dude. I mean, no, I, I know who, but like, you say like Dakota Johnson, I was like, I don't really, I don't really, you know, know her gotcha. films. God. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, <laughs> those movies came out when you were single. I don't think you'd be a, uh. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey kind of guy. I ain't running to the theaters for that, my friend. A sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife is coming December 2023, so just about a year and a half. Dude, I mean, pretty fast. I mean, you got to think. Afterlife came out in uh, November 2021. Yeah, but the movie was finished like fucking 2012. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Pandemic delayed that shit for a year and change. So, yeah, this timeline makes sense. Uh, Actually, that's a a good point. I I can believe. Yeah, they, they were filming it in 2019. (laughs) <laughs> so like there's a lot of movies that i think are going to get faster sequels because of all this yeah i mean, like, I, mean I, ha- so I have to see afterlife i heard i've heard you know mostly good things about it i i like the whole cast so good i definitely have to see this because obviously i'm going to see the, the sequel uh it was fun the movie was fun and i will say this the kid who um, by the way happy stranger things part two day everybody for all those who celebrate um, nice we two were episodes just, we're just 10 days away from better call saul's final six episodes so july is going to be an amazing month for the pod we will have our final stranger things impressions next week but the kid who plays mike finn wolfhard he's yep. in afterlife boy he just cannot act so I, I, i'll just put it out there he's bad as mike he's bad in this world too he's not the best but uh, you know, it's Ghostbusters. You'll have fun with it. Clerks 3. Kevin Smith came out today, as a matter of fact, Thursday, the, the sixth, uh, 30th of June, and said, hey, we are going to be having our trailer, our debut trailer, Wednesday, July 6th. So if you're a Clerks fan like me, I think you are too, right? I I wasn't a like a diehard Clerks fan, but I, I, I did watch and I, I thought it was pretty good. 
I thought Clerks 2, which is panned, I thought Clerks 2 was just as good as Clerks 1. I enjoyed it for as bad as it was. I really did like it. So uh, Clerks 3, July 6th, that will be the debut trailer. And the Godzilla Kong sequel. They did not say Godzilla versus Kong. This is the official quote from Godzilla's Twitter account. Not, you know, not the monster himself. He doesn't have opposable thumbs, but or she. Uh, but Godzilla Kong sequel. So I don't know. Maybe they're going to ally up. I don't know. Who knows? But that sequel has been dated for March 15th, 2024. I, I mean, just give me more monsters fighting and less humans in the movie. And, I, and, I, and I'll be happy because, you know, again, I Godzilla vs. Kong, it's overall, it's not a great movie you're really just there for the battle scenes and just it's really fast- i rewatched it it's boring as shit until yeah, the fights you, yeah you it just is. fast forward through all the human interactions you just want kong and godzilla on screen that's it uh last story before we get on out of here our friends in cartel we had will pew on the podcast four years ago feels like four minutes but it's been four years um will pew the lead singer of cartel they are releasing oh, new music and the announcement's coming today, as you, if you're listening to this, the day it's released. And the song sounds like it's dropping based on some of their social media on the 15th of July. So two weeks from now, if you're an old school pop punk or emo fan like we are, and you grew up with Cartel, much like we did, they're going out on tour with Dashboard. I believe Andrew McMahon as well. And so uh, be ready for that. And uh, new music in just two weeks from our friends in Cartel. Looking very forward to that. And they, you know, that Collider, their last uh, studio album came out in 2013. So you're talking almost 10 years, you know, since a new, some new, new material, new music. I feel like it's been forever since we've seen them live. And, you know, last time we seen, I think it was together. He sounds yeah. exactly the same as he does on that damn record. Yeah. I, I am due to see some more Cartel live. Yeah, we saw them twice. We saw them open for their own November for the reunion show. And yep. then I think they had their they were the headliner for the other show. Um, maybe Hidden in Plainview opened. I can't remember who did, but uh, great show. Either way, both of them. I think Ryan Cunningham went to us with the second one. But here's a hot take. Collider is my second favorite album outside of I can't remember what the, the Chroma. Chroma is obviously the goat, but Collider is my second favorite, even though the other two have some banger songs. I don't Collider's know. Cy- so cycles good. is number one for me. Cycles, cycles is like probably cycles. on a good day. Cycles is probably number two, but I-, I love Collider. I think it's. How about this? Maybe it's not my number two. Maybe it is the most underappreciated or underrated of their records. Cycles is really good. Deep South is a fucking. Bad. I mean, a- as I'm looking at it, I think I'm going Cycles, Chroma, Cartel, Collider. Wow. And that's also like, and I, I like, and I'm not saying I don't like. I do. It's just I. The other songs really connect. Wow. You know, so. Uh, yeah. Hey, Wyclef and, and Cartel teamed yep. up. And in what world can we say that that's a thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> We're lucky to be alive in that time. Sam, bring us home with your weekly water. Weekly water this week is, um, you know, one of the four I got back for the modern tier from WADA. I was part of that beta test. This is probably one of my favorite games from the franchise is Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry 5. For the PlayStation 4, this is a 9.6 ACL rating made in the United States with that Y-Fold. This was, um, you, you don't just get to play as Dante, you get to play as Dante, you get to play as um, 
Well, you do actually get to play as Virgil, but on the special edition game. But you get to play as Dante, you get to play as Nero, and this new character, V, where you, you find out more about that character as you go along. I don't want to spoil it. But it's one of those games where it's like, obviously you want to play as Dante, but this new guy, V, like it brings something new to the game where like you never had a character that you kind of got to control these, I, I guess you could just say, like animals or creatures. And he was just so much fun to play with. So each, every, I think it was like maybe two or three levels, you'd rotate between the three of Dante, Nero, and V. And and I, and I just loved it. You're trying to find out who, you're trying to stop the Demon King, Uzerin, and a couple, you know, I don't, again, I don't want to spoil a couple things, but there's definitely some, some twists and turns in the game. But I think Capcom delivered, I believe it was the best-selling Devil May Cry game of all time. IGN gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Game Informer gave it an 8.5 out of 10. GameSpot gave it a 9 out of 10, and Metacritic gave it an 88 out of 100 for the PS4, and it gave it an 89 for the PS5 version, which was the best received of, you know, of all, you know, Windows, Xbox One, Xbox Series S. And again, this one was so much fun to play with, especially on the special edition mode, you get to play as Virgil. Obviously, everyone loves Virgil. Uh, I know me and Machu were back and forth back in the day, probably saying five was probably our favorite just because it was just fun to go back and place all three characters. Like we both agreed, like V, this new guy coming in kind of, you know, at first, you know, have Nero coming in at four and you're kind of, oh, this new guy. And then you bring another new guy at five and you actually freaking love him. And he's like almost more fun to play as than freaking Dante. Like got to give it to Capcom there. Kudos to to bring in another character that I'm, I'm still in love with. And hopefully, you know, because this game came out in 2019, I'm hoping where they're working on Devil May Cry 6. I would I would love a, a brand new story. Give me something with da- as long as Dante is there, I'm cool. Like in this lady was in it, Trish was in it from you know the first one. And I just want a PS5 version. I don't want nothing with PS4. I want it specifically made for PS5. I want to use them, them triggers, them haptic feedback. I want that all to work together for the handguns, whether it's sword swing, whatever it is. I'm ready. But for this week, your weekly WADA. Devil May Cry 5. Two straight sub-hour podcasts. Like we're speedrunning our show. I'll take it. Everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us this week on episode 289. Episode 290 next week. Again, reminder, that's going to be our final Stranger Things 4 uh, recap and impressions. You're not going to want to miss that. So looking forward to that. We'll see you all next week for episode 290. We out E5000.